This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us again. We love having you on board. My name is Andy Baskin. His name is Daryl Ryder, the Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan. In fact, we're both from 92.3 The Fan. Um, Daryl, a lot of talk about when it comes to your Cleveland Browns, as always on this show, and we like to give you a little bit more than what you hear on the radio or maybe what you can read. We bring to life some of your articles that are at 923thefan.com. And if you want to be a part of the show at game day CLE, in fact, uh, we did pick one question from the mailbag and we'll be talking about that a little bit later in the show, but Daryl, the big news of the week that 20 of the 24 uh, civil suits have been settled by Deshaun Watson. What does that mean as far as his football career? I don't think it means anything, although I don't think that the, timing is uh, all that much of a coincidence that we have some settlements now what's interesting is that Deshaun Watson had repeatedly said when asked about potential settlements that he planned on defending his name uh, against these allegations uh, to the very end so 20 of the 24 settled that leaves four that uh, could potentially still see a courtroom and then um you know, there's the question about these two other lawsuits that Tony Busby had said that they were planned to file and they've not been filed in court to my understanding yet. Um, so I, I don't even know if they're going to get filed. I don't know if that there was some legal posturing, uh, being done by Busby to maybe try and push, uh, a settlement forward uh in in these cases but 20 of the 24 are done i don't expect that that's going to have any impact on the discipline that is going to come from the national football league though it, it um uh, we were trying to describe it and try to figure out what it really means I, and you tell me what you think of this theory <laughs> that if it was a pot of water that was on the stove and the water was really really hot it felt like when the word came out that 20 had settled that the dial got turned back to hot or almost hot now. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. Um, I think that there potentially could have been, I guess, 
a positive impact on potential discipline had the settlements come like four or five, six months ago. Uh, and there, and you know, just this volume of accusations and volume of paperwork involved, you know, the, the details of the paperwork being come coming public, whether it was depositions, allegations contained within the lawsuits, et cetera. I, I think that had some of that stuff not become public, the NFL might have been able to help brush some of this under the rug. But because all this information and all these allegations, and that's really that is what they are. They are allegations. Uh, Deshaun Watson, again, has not been charged with a crime. Uh, he is not being criminally prosecuted for anything. These are civil cases um, that the NFL, I think, feels it's too little too late that, you know, it's already out there in the public forum. You know what I'm saying, Andy? Absolutely. I mean, and what is out there in the public forum is a pattern of alleged disturbing behavior um, and harassment of massage therapists. And um, so I, I just, I don't know that they can get the toothpaste back in the tube, so to speak, from a league standpoint. And this is something, regardless of his guilt or innocence, this is something that's going to hang over him, not just for the rest of his football career, but for the rest of his life. He is going to be known, fair or not, he is going to be known as the quarterback that sought extra benefit from massages. Um, so um, it's it, it, I, from the Browns' perspective, it's good that he settled these 20 cases, it'll be even better if he can settle the final four or the final six. Again, we don't know if those two others are actually going to be filed in court or if this that was just Busby's way of applying pressure to Watson's camp to affect these settlements and, and get them done. But, um, you, you know, I, I just from the NFL standpoint, I just I think they're going to drop the hammer on the guy. I really do. I think they're going to make an example of him. Um, I, I just, because the narrative has, we've touched on it, but the narrative has shifted dramatically in the last week and a half from eh, maybe he's going to get about four games, right? Right. Then it shifted to, oh, he's probably going to be gone for eight to 10 games. And now in the last eight to 10 days, it's been, oh, he gone for the year. He's getting a year from the NFL, and now the NFLPA is is lining up to fight on his behalf and start calling out Daniel Snyder, Jerry Jones, uh, Robert Kraft, and every other NFL owner that's been accused of impropriety of some sort, right? Because we cannot allow a double standard. The conduct policy is supposed to apply to everybody from ownership down throughout the organization, including players, coaches, management, et cetera, et cetera. So that is, I think, where we are at right now is behind the scenes. There's some posturing going on between the NFLPA, and po posturing is the wrong word, 
maybe some negotiation potentially going on between the NFLPA and Deshaun Watson's camp and the league office is they're presenting their cases to the independent arbiter who's going to hand down uh, this potential discipline. And then it gets appealed because we know it will be appealed. Uh, then it'll be Roger Goodell who will step in and say, yay or nay, uh, or we're going to re- you know, reduce it. Um, so he's the hammer's coming. It, it's just a, a matter of time. Um, and uh, that that's just the impression I'm getting. So Browns fans, brace yourself because I, I just I don't think this is going to be a four game suspension situation. I really don't. I think he's potentially going to be gone for the entire year, or at least the NFL is going to attempt to suspend him for a full year. And then again, we're talking as a Browns, you know, from the perspective of a Browns fan or the Browns organization, their fingers will then be crossed that the NFLPA will be able to successfully argue what I had mentioned earlier about the double standard of what players are held to versus what owners and executives and, and members of organizations are held to. That's not supposed to be the case. The, the conduct policy is supposed to apply to everybody within the league. All right, Darrell, let's come back to that in a second because I, I think that's an important subject to talk about. I, I, there are two things that keep standing out to me over the last 24 hours and or 48 hours. That one, I keep wondering what would have happened if Deshaun Watson had figured out a way to settle a year ago and he, would he not be playing in Miami? That's the he first He would point. be a Miami Dolphin. Yeah, and so the second part of it too is the talk about adding Houston to the to the case and how that changes the financial picture that I think someone would ask for. And this is just me. I mean, obviously if you're going after an individual, you're going after an individual. If you go after a corporation, then I, I think it's implied or, or thought of that. There's obviously more of a financial um, financial wherewithal uh, if you're going to sue somebody. So I, I'm just wondering how both of those things played out as we walk forward in this situation. And, 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 and really the football part of it is I wonder why this time they decided to settle when last time they didn't. Well, I, I think the pressure from the NFL and, and this is just my view of the situation. I, I, I do think that there was some pressure from the NFL to get, to get the, get this, get this off the front page uh, of all the websites and get this off Twitter and social and social media um, because it had been just this slow, constant drip of negative news and allegations being levied against him. So I, I do think that there was some pressure. We had talked about in previous podcasts, we have talked about on the air, just how uh, the more comes out, the worse it's going to get for Deshaun Watson. I also think that the fact that the Houston Texans were added to the lawsuits I think that hurts Deshaun with the NFL too in the discipline because the league office is going to say your alleged behavior put one of our 32 entities at risk, put it in legal peril per se. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and what do managers dislike most? 
two words, billable hours. <laughs> they, 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 right? I mean, yeah, that's why Roger makes so much money. He's a lawyer. Right. I, I, I mean, it, it just so I, I, I think that that is, is going to hurt Deshaun with the league too, and why they're going to be so heavy handed with their punishment of him. The fact that he has, because of these allegations, and again, we have to stress their allegations. We don't, you know, we weren't in the room, but um, because of these allegations that the Houston Texans were put at legal risk here. Uh, and that's not going to sit uh, well with the league. So, yeah, I just, it, 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 from the Brown standpoint, from the league standpoint, from Deshaun's standpoint, it's good that 20 settlements have been reached and we'll see if they can keep the other four or maybe six out of the courtroom uh, next year. Um, based on uh, some of the stuff that I read, it doesn't, it looks like a couple of these accusers want to see a courtroom. They do not want to settle, but as you know, these things change. I mean, look, just, the, the uh, during mandatory minicamp, Deshaun Watson was asked about settling and what it would take for him to settle. And he said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the quote in front of me, but he basically said something to the effect of my focus is on clearing my name. That's, that's basically what he said. And um, I, I don't know if by him settling that that clears his name. You will have some people that will say, well, if you did nothing wrong, why would you settle, right? I mean, that's – and that's not yeah, – but it's not necessarily an admission of guilt. Correct. Settling is not an admission of guilt. Correct. And that's usually the language that is included in the settlement too, that this is not an admission of guilt. We are simply compensating you for your trouble uh, in the matter or whatnot. There's, there's usually that type of language that lawyers put – uh, in in these settlements, which uh, are confidential, these are confidential settlements. Although, right. let's be honest about it, I'm I'm sure the legal team, wink wink, nudge nudge, will uh, make sure that those figures end up at some point in an article somewhere, because right. that pushes his his business forward a little bit, right? Hey, you got sure. a big case. This is the kind of money that I can well, one get way or another. I mean, if you if the settlement's gigantic. Right. You really don't want it out there. And if right. it's if it's smaller, then maybe you do. But that's, I mean, it's not. But, but you understand what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we yeah. see that all the time in, quote unquote, confidential settlements where at some point the figures involved with what was supposed to be a confidential settlement somehow magically, you know, make it via source, right. uh, you know, uh, in, in, into the public forum. So, um yeah, it's it, but from again from the Browns, from the NFL, and Deshaun Watson's perspective, the sooner these cases are all settled, the sooner that I think Deshaun can put this all behind him and really be able to focus on football, really be able to focus on resuming his NFL career. The NFL can kind of put this behind it as well, and and their investigations, and then I think what'll be important for Deshaun going forward, fair or not. But because of what he was accused of, the volume of the allegations, I think he will have to change whatever behavior he was engaged in to protect himself so that repeat allegations don't follow. 
here in, you know, as a member of the Cleveland Browns, if that makes it, sense. It is interesting because I like I know it um <clears throat> I know at rookie transition programs, whether it's the NFL or NBA, all of this stuff is talked about, which is to me the interesting part of the to me it's part of it's a very very interesting part of the story because it's not like the league doesn't tell these guys hey these are the possible pitfalls that could happen in your career they all know it all right daryl let's do this let's come back i want to talk a little bit more about roger goodell the pressure on him especially as he was sitting on capitol hill earlier this week and um holding the owners to a higher standard should they be held to a higher standard it's always game day in cleveland if you want to be a part of the show all you have to do is hit us up at Game Day CLE. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We are talking uh, primarily about the Deshaun Watson case, but in particular, the pressure now that is on Roger Goodell and the league to come up with something that is uh, to come up with a, uh, what's the best way, an end to this story, perhaps, um, that I I don't know. I I don't know what the end of the story is going to be, Daryl. I mean, I'll be honest with you. And knowing what's happened in the past, when you put the personal conduct policy up against the player, the player always ends up seeming to end up with a suspension. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. I'm not speaking anything that isn't fact that hasn't been fact in the past. And between that and also uh, the NFL PA making a push late last week to kind of say, Hey, this is how we're going to defend one of our members. Because, you know, if, Deshaun, as he had said in his last press conference, wants to clear his name and, and make sure the truth is is there. He needs to have an avenue to do that, and he pays the NFLPA uh, as a part of his dues. So that avenue is there, and it's going to be interesting to see how that story plays out. Let's let's start with Roger Goodell first, okay? What is the pressure on Roger Goodell in this story and every like the Dan Snyder story just blew up this week because he had to talk to Congress? Yeah, well, I mean, he's earning every dollar of the uh, the sixty million, um, yeah. <laughs> and the owners are making him work for it. That's for sure. Uh, he he took a he took a couple shots from Congress uh, earlier this week, man, and and that was a a political spectacle, if I've uh, ever seen one. But that that's what he's paid for. He's right. paid for you know take taking the heat, but um, I. I think that the NFL feels external pressure from those that have read the allegations against Deshaun Watson and ha- and and obviously what what happened with the 
uh, Washington Commanders, previously doing business as Washington football team and uh, Washington Redskins. And to show the world that they take the harassment and abuse of women seriously. Now, again, Deshaun has been accused, not convicted, not charged, not arrested, none of that. He's just been accused of uh, these uh, these allegations of of you know, sexual misconduct during therapy or massage therapy sessions. Uh, But I I do think that there, yeah, from the the NFL level, that there's some pressure to show that we take this seriously, that we are a protector of women, that we stand up for women. And that's why, as we've talked about, this narrative has changed. It's not, you don't have, and I don't think it's a secret, because it's been a wave that started out, eh, you might get about four games, quarter of the season. And then it went, might get half, might get eight, maybe 10. And now everybody all of a sudden is talking about, he's looking at a full season. And then the NFLPA in a very public fashion came out and said, hey, we are going to defend him because you can't go after one of our players like this and discipline him this severely when you've done basically nothing to Daniel Snyder. And I know the, I laughed when the commissioner kept talking about, we held Daniel Snyder accountable. No, holding Daniel Snyder accountable is throwing his ass out of the league. That's holding Daniel Snyder accountable. If there's anybody based on just allegations, right? If, right. Well, I mean, when you're taking money out of the other, uh, Daryl, when you're taking money out of the other owner's pockets, you would think the other owners would want him out. But (laughs) this isn't just Daryl talking. This is, you know, everybody else is, as to quote Jimmy Haslam during the pilot flying J thing, uh, they just give me my damn money, right? (laughs) I mean, that's Jimmy's favorite line. My point is, I mean, it's true here. Yeah. My point is, if we're just going based off allegation, which is what we have here. In the Deshaun Watson situation, these are allegations. If we're just going off allegation, how is Daniel Snyder still in the league? Like, how, right? Um, he was even asked by a member of Congress uh, this week, you know, would you, uh, do you, uh, w- would you remove Daniel Snyder? And the commissioner responded, I don't have that authority, which mm-hmm. is uh, somewhat true. He can start the, he can make the recommendation to the ownership and begin that process. That is within his little purview there. But um, I just, I kind of feel like they're going to really, make an example of Deshaun. And I think the NFLPA has a very strong argument to make that, hey, if we're going off allegations and being accused of, here's all the stuff that owners and GMs have been in top executives has been accused of over the years. Here's stuff that's involved NDAs that we are uh, involved with, right? Uh, Because the NFL hands out NDAs like Halloween candy. Let right. me tell you, <laughs> I've heard plenty of stories, and we'll just leave it at this. I don't <laughs> want to say anything further. I've heard plenty of stories about the uses of NDAs in the National Football League. Um, it's common practice. And and Goodell was asked about that as well, about the, the usage of non-disclosure agreements uh, by member clubs. And obviously, in this case, it was uh, you know the Washington Club. 
but I, I just um, I, I really feel like that there's a tremendous amount of pressure on the league to make an example of Deshaun, fair or not. And the NFLPA, I look, I and and that is their job to defend one of their members. Okay, he is a member of a union. Uh, there are obviously employment guidelines set in the collectively bargained contract, but suspending somebody for a full year over allegations. Yet, when you look at the what has happened in Washington with Daniel Snyder and just everything he's been accused of over the years, okay, that okay, how do you? how can you go after one guy and not the other? And I think the league in a very matter of fact, polite way will say, well, Daniel Snyder helps write the checks. I, 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 I look at this and I wonder if you're going to have a personal conduct policy and you're going to say it, it, it holds true to the ownership group. I mean, Google Jerry Jones and look up pictures and I don't yeah. know how you can't hold You can't, I, I think the owners need to hold themselves to a higher standard. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like a police officer who gets picked up for speeding. Yet the next day he's out there with a radar gun giving you tickets on the same freeway. Well, <clears throat> we expect that police officer to be held to a higher standard to drive the speed limit. And I don't know how the owners don't drive the speed limit too. And, you know, no matter because what happens the, with it, Sean, go ahead. Because the NFLs do as I say, not as I do. Correct. Yeah. I, and I mean, so that, I wonder how that – and here's the other thing, Daryl, and maybe let's just go a little behind the scenes on some of the stuff because you were saying – I mean, this the story, the Deshaun Watson story – I mean, I've probably done four or five radio interviews over the last two weeks with other stations, and I can't imagine what's going on with you. And it just, in some ways, it's, I mean, really pulling back the curtain, we're at a time of the year where baseball really is what's going on. And you might talk about a little bit of golf, but when it comes to football, that's what everybody wants to talk about. And everyone is looking for a headline so that you'll click on their stream. Yeah. And that, and that's, I mean, that that's a problem with our business too, don't you think? Uh, absolutely. I mean, just in the last week alone, I've turned down about 30 interviews. I, I just, hmm. I've stopped doing them because that's, that's what they're, uh, you know, trying to get. I was on with a California station a couple of months ago and I was just laying out the, you know, the, the factual information and the host just kept coming at me. Like, first of all, I was the one that was accused and, you know, trying to, don't you believe the women? You don't believe the women? You don't believe the women? And it's well, it's not. No, it's not my job to adjudicate what who I believe. Like I'm just laying out the facts of the case. <laughs> you know, th this is what we know. This is what he's accused of. And my opinion of whether or not I think he's guilty is a hundred percent irrelevant. And even from a legal standpoint, especially from a legal standpoint, is irrelevant. Any theories that I have about what might or might not have happened, irrelevant. Right. Because then you get into a situation where you yourself are in a public forum accusing Deshaun Watson of something, which is inappropriate. Uh, and so I just, I basically stopped doing radio interviews because everyone is looking for that hot take. They're looking to uh, make a headline. They're looking for that sensationalized quote out of you. And I just, I want no part of it, number one. And number two, I just don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the alleged uh, sexual harassment of massage therapists and stuff that, 
uh, Deshaun is accused of doing and and the details and explaining the details of what he is. I, I just I don't want to talk about that stuff. So, um, yeah, I basically stopped doing Deshaun interviews. Thankfully, I'm technically on vacation this week. Yeah, so that that has <laughs> been my go to line. Sorry, I'm on vacation this week. Uh, I will be on vacation a lot uh, in the coming weeks. Just as a heads up. Right. Uh, maybe we can talk uh, closer to training camp. But that was my <laughs> polite way of saying, yeah, I'm uh, I will not be coming on your radio show. Have yourself a lovely day because I, I just I don't I, I don't want to talk about it. Number one. Uh, number two, there, you know, uh, there's just in our business, it's becoming too speculative at times. And there, there are things to speculate about, right? Is, is he going to make this trade? Should we sign this guy, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're talking about legal stuff, that's not an arena you speculate in. No, you better be factual. That's right. I, like I always get, I cringe when I hear people call people even just something as little as silly as bum on the air. And I'm like, you realize the guy you're calling a bum is probably 10 times greater or 100 times greater than any athlete you ever played with your entire life. Yep. And you and you've got the the uh, the best word is chutzpah to sit there and say this guy's a bum. I'm like, uh, just how how do you? What gives you the right? It's, it's ivory tower radio. I always thought I always call that where you sit and you don't realize that what you're saying actually affects people and where you're talking to. Uh, uh, yeah, and I mean, they're, they're it's crazy. Listen, they're I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, wives the, listen to yeah. every word you say. Yeah. I mean, they're I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, the the golden rule that I've always tried to live by is if you're not going to say something to somebody's face, don't say it on the air. Or or if you're going to take shots at somebody, you probably should make an appearance in the locker room on occasion as well. Totally agree. Yeah, you, I totally you, you agree. You know what that. I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I, I, listen, I've had plenty of instances o- over the years involving the Browns where I've been pulled aside about something that I've said or something that I've written. I, and my response, and I, you know, I hear them out. And I, I you know, then reiterate my position. And I say, Hey, you know what? I am here every day. You know, you, you, I don't do drive-bys. That's what we call them in the business. Drive-bys. Yeah. You, when you, you, you take your shot, but you're never seen or you're seen maybe once a month or something like that. It's like, Hey, I'm here every day. If you got a problem with anything I say, anything I write, you know, exactly where to find me. Um, but yeah, it's, and uh, to me, it's an ethical thing too. Totally agree with um, you. Totally agree. I, you know, I don't have, I won't go as far as that. I, I do think that the, the, there should be a, a limit, you know, a respect, a certain respect you, sh- you should show guys. And to your point, you don't say or write anything that you wouldn't say to their face. Right. Um, there is the entertainment value to, you know, in radio. that gets. I get, and, it. I get it. And they're paid. They uh, These guys are paid very, very handsomely. They are public figures, but you're right. I mean, eh, I always laugh anytime a player or a GM or a coach, I all due respect to you guys. I don't read or hear anything yeah. that you guys say. It, anytime I hear that, I'm like, yeah, you hear every damn word and you <laughs> read every article. Like you start your day and you end your day That's with funny. that. Um, and then also too, you have a staff, uh, you know, a little behind the scenes. I mean, look, Kevin Stefanski doesn't step to a microphone without being briefed on what the topics of the day potentially could be so that he himself is prepared 
to answer those questions, right? Hey, Absolutely. Coach, you know, uh, yeah. this is what's being said about Deshaun. This is what's going on. You're going to probably get more questions about him. Uh, if there's an injury, right? So-and-so, it's out there that so-and-so is hurt. You're probably going to be asked about that and timeline and what do you want to say about that? You know, so there's, right. there is strategizing that, that, that happens. And that's not a criticism. I'm not criticizing. I'm just, just kind of peeling the onion a little bit for our audience so that they kind of have an understanding of, of how this stuff works. And even with players, too. Um, that are in, in the news or making headlines for whether it's a contract extension or a contract dispute or involved in a key play of the game or, you know, just whatever, right? right. Um, you know, the PR staff will say, hey, you're probably going to be asked about this and they're going to ask this and that. And, and, and so there is a little bit of a behind-the-scenes uh, media session briefing uh, before the reporters get to the player uh, to talk to them. That happens all the time. Uh, organizations, and that's not just a, an NFL thing, that ha that happens in every sport. Um, it, you know, So when, when you hear, yeah, I don't read or listen to anything, that's code for, yeah, I hear and see everything <laughs> you dummies write and say <laughs> i'm just not gonna so, i'm not gonna make, validate it yeah, and no, my wife it. reads and hears it and and why is my kid getting picked on at school because they think i'm getting fired because you yeah. said i deserve to be fired i know i've, I've lived it learned it and the kids are involved you know to, to me my my thing has always been families are out of bounds 100 out, out of bounds wives and kids and immediate family unless they have done something that places them in the public forum just to me, family members are 100% out of bounds. Uh, yeah, the problem, though, Daryl, is, and, and like I brought it up, is that if you write a, a commentary it's saying this guy needs to get fired, those kids still have to go to school that day, and then all the kids right. are walking up to, hey, are you moving? Well, you know, that's the this, repercussion, you know? Remember the scene in Moneyball? Dad, oh, yeah. are you okay? And yeah. don't worry, I'm not going to get fired, <laughs> right? Uh, all right, Daryl, let's do this. Worry about. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. So let's do our mailbag. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up with that. So uh, again, if you uh, want to subscribe or you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland podcast. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's always game day in Cleveland. I'm Andy Baskin. He's Daryl Ryder. And we bring in our amazing producer, Meredith Kane. We had to search through the mailbag. We went left and right. It was a big mailbag this week. And Meredith decided, I'm going to put my hand in there and I'm going to pull one question out for this week's mailbag. And if you want to be a part of the mailbag, all you have to do is go to at Game Day CLE. Meredith, the floor is yours. 
Well, we've got one question from the mailbag, but before we get to that, I am going to propose one question to Daryl. I brought it up on Baskin and Phelps this week. I want to get uh, Daryl's opinion on it. So, okay. Daryl, if the Philadelphia Eagles can win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, can the Cleveland Browns win a Super Bowl with Jacoby Brissett? Uh, sure. I Why wish not? you could see his face right now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm thinking about this. This is I I we're not gonna we're not posting the video, but after Daryl's face, I'm like, do we need to post the video? No, no we don't because I'm <laughs> I um I am not dressed appropriately. Let's just put it that way. Completely uh, understandable. But that was I brought that up on Baskin and Phelps this week because that's what I think about every single time. I'm like, yo, if Nick Foles can win a Super Bowl, I don't see why we were set. And plus, the talent on this Browns team, I would wager to say, is more talented than what Nick Foles had around him when they won the Super Bowl. Mm, yeah, I mean, offensive line, running back, you know, running receiver, franchise defensive end. I mean, if everyone's healthy, it, it which never happens in the National Football League, but in the Browns' case, if everybody is healthy for the entire season, yeah, it's it, it's possible, but uh, the I, I just think the war of attrition of the NFL, um, you, that that's why you need the elite quarterback because the elite quarterback can help you overcome some of that attrition that that occurs. But I look, that's why the Browns signed Jacoby Brissett this offseason and brought him in uh, so that they had a legitimate starting quarterback behind Deshaun Watson in the event that Watson would be unavailable to them. And I think also that's why the backup quarterback continues to be the most popular player on the Cleveland Browns roster. Yeah, um, if you really want the truth to that answer, just look at the line, right? What's the line right now when Vegas thinks Deshaun Watson could be the quarterback? And then if he does get suspended. Are the Browns even on the board still? Well, that's a good question. I don't even know. I I, I look for it. Just because of the Watson suspension and stuff. Like, I thought I read somewhere that a, a couple of the sports books might have taken their season over under off the board right now because. Because no, of Deshaun? Yeah, nobody that, knows. I, well, I don't know. I, I I don't know either. I just. Not a gambler. I, I, haven't that, at, I haven't looked at lines within the last whatever. So I don't even know if they're still on the board, but I don't know. Um, all right. All right. Let's get into the mailbag. Go ahead. What do you got? All right, so our question from Twitter, and again, if you want your questions answered on the podcast, you can tweet the show at GameDayCLE on Twitter. Uh, this is from a Twitter account called Formal Chaos, and they're prefacing their question. <laughs> that's such, a, <laughs> it's that's so such good. a great name for a Browns fan, Formal <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> so they're prefacing their question with, this is not a knock on Coach Stefanski, but here's the question. Given the current roster, which head coach since the Browns have returned, would you like to see get a shot at redemption and lead this team? Chud. I think Chud's the one guy that I wanted to see more of. I want to know what would happen the next season if they would have given. It's not like Chud was horrible. And Chud, like, I think we were looking for consistency at that point. He's the one guy, I, I'm just thinking recently, right off the top of my head, that I don't know that he got a real fair deal. And I, I have visions of him being on the bus coming back from Pittsburgh finding out that he got fired. So I'm going to go with Chud. <laughs> Who hasn't been on the bus ride back from Pittsburgh <laughs> and not gotten fired? It's you, you know the Browns had a successful season when they get back from Heinz Field and the coach has yet to be fired. It's been a good year. <laughs> um, I am going to say Eric Mangini, if he, had, if he had this roster, 
the Cleveland Browns would be Super Bowl champions. His biggest problem was himself and trying to be too much like Bill Belichick instead of just being Eric Mangini. He was a really good football coach. They went from being like one of the most undisciplined clown shows before he got there from like, to like one of the least penalized team in the league. Um, he ran a very disciplined operation, but unfortunately he just, he got embroiled in just so much unnecessary stuff. And he just always felt, I don't have to explain anything to anybody. This is just the way it is. This is how I do things. I don't care. And unfortunately in Cleveland, it's a little different. You do have to explain stuff and fans want to know, um, and stuff like just so much stuff when he was here got blown out of proportion that did not have to be blown. He, like he, he could have saved himself a tremendous amount of headaches, but Eric Mangini, I think is one of the best football coaches out there, but just so much of the ancillary stuff consumed him and held him back. And the rosters that he had to work with were like 2017 Browns level. They they right. were they were not good. You want to talk about teams that probably should have gone 0 and 16? It was the Mangini teams. Like they started 0 and I want to say 0 and 11 or 0 and 12, and they won their final four games of the right. year. Saved his job. Saved his job. And then the next year, he ultimately got Mike Holmgren fired him because they just two different styles of of doing things and you know philosophically and all that. But yeah, I think if Eric Mangini would have been willing to set his ego aside and bring in a legitimate general manager and not just a, you know, a, a marionette. I, I think that he could have won a Super Bowl because he's just that good of a football coach. He, he elevated, he had the ability to elevate the players on his team. It's interesting because I haven't seen him since pre COVID, but it, he's still living in Northeast Ohio, which is something I thought, I don't know if they're still here, but, um, I know that he uh, was pretty woven into the fabric of the community after he, which I think is interesting that, you know, you got a football coach that decides to stay around after he's not here. And then he was doing television work for, uh, he was doing television work out in LA. Daryl, as always, it's been fun. Meredith, great job today. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. And if you want to be a part of the mailbag, all you have to do is hit us up at Game Day CLE. Thanks for listening.